Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Nicole Khalil. She is more than slightly obsessed with confidence and what it takes to build and keep it. She spent the bulk of her professional life with a Fortune 500 company where her passion for leadership and her commitment to building her own confidence led her to become the first female chief development officer in a 160-year company history. Since starting her own company, Nicole has coached hundreds of executives and entrepreneurs, consults with Fortune 500 companies, hosts This Is Women's Work podcast, and speaks to leaders across the country about the not-so-secret not secret of confidence. Everybody, please welcome Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Thanks, Kayla, for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to hear your journey. All right. Tell us from the beginning, how did this all begin? Yeah. So let me start like at the very, very beginning. I am a child of immigrants. My father is from Mexico. My mother's from Germany. They met when he was stationed in the army in Germany. So both of my parents moved here in their 20s. And uh, so I'm first generation American which I think has some amazing upsides and some challenges, especially as it related to my confidence, never really feeling like I fit in, in any direction, you know, so we would hang out with my father's side of the family. And as is the case in a lot of Mexican families, an abundant amount of cousins (laughs) and I didn't speak Spanish and So I sort of felt a little bit different Mm -hmm. and then I would go, you know, visit my mom's family in Germany and didn't quite speak the language there. And I would walk around with my mom and people would ask whether or not I was adopted because she's this, you know, strawberry blonde and I, I have dark hair and dark eyes, but when I was younger, I looked Mexican. Mm -hmm. And so also picking up on a lot of my parents' insecurities being immigrants themselves and my dad feeling or dealing with some racism and my mom feeling like she didn't totally fit in because she didn't speak English when she came to the country. So, you know, just a lot of stuff uh, growing up and a lot of navigating who am I and where do I fit in and where do we not fit in and and all of that fun stuff. Um, I'm very proud of my father. Um, He taught me the value of hard work. He really has that rags to riches story. He was shining shoes in the streets of Mexico as a child and and got into real estate and ended up being a top realtor. I can remember as a, a kid going to a conference and seeing him get a big award and wanting that for myself. And, and he's very financially successful. I learned a lot from my mom about organization and efficiency that, you know, kind of German <laughs> approach to things. And yeah. <laughs> that led me to a pretty successful, dare I say, you know, normal adolescence. And I went to college. I got a a job in financial services. I went to be a teacher and then realized in doing that, that wasn't what I wanted to be. That wasn't my purpose. So I switched gears and got into financial services and had a lot of success there. I was getting promotions and opportunities and recognition on a pretty regular basis. And, and people would say comments like, I wish I had your confidence or, you know, give me feedback of uh, a very confident. And what I really realized was I was doing a very good job faking it. Um, Yeah, I was pretty confident professionally, but that was the only aspect of my life where I felt confidence. 
in my twenties. Um, I dated all the wrong guys for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. And I know that's, you know, kind of a rite of passage at that stage. Didn't make it any less painful going through it. And I just kept same habit, same outcome, same person in a different body over and over and over again. And I, I, I just had this pattern that I didn't know how, know how to break. I had a eating disorder that nobody knew about uh, because I thought I needed to be always 10 pounds lighter, size four, perfect body, spent an abnormal amount of money on clothes and makeup and you know created some not so good financial habits which again, I know we all do at some stage in our life, but being in financial services and helping people to create financial plans, it felt really out of integrity for me. And what it led to is really me becoming a student of confidence. I I started paying attention to what was the difference between the people who showed up authentically confident, who had the type of life not just, you know, professionally, but across the board that I would want to emulate or that I would want for myself. And I just started paying attention to what were the nuances, what were the differences between the choices those people were making, how they were showing up, the ways in which they were living their life from how I was. Well, before we go to like how you discovered those nuances, I really want to like go back and unpack a lot of what happened to you in your childhood, because for those of you who are listening, I mean, I think it really does impact people a lot, especially if you're from a different country and you don't speak English, your parents are foreigners, like my mom and my dad both didn't speak English. And I too was Mexican and I didn't know Spanish that well. I still like struggle to speak Spanish. I know some words and I can have some conversation, but my brain thinks in English. And somehow I would be criticized as well, thinking I wasn't Mexican enough. And because I didn't have that accent, you know, like the Selma Hayek accent, then I was whitewashed. And so it was like you felt like you didn't fit in. And so I I completely resonate with your story. And then also with your parents, like watching them have feel like gain their own insecurities because they don't speak the language. You know, they may feel inadequate because they don't, you know, they're not like you know, assimilating with the culture. It's hard. It's hard when you have that's your foundation. So your foundation was already like lacking confidence, but for some reason you killed it (laughs) in the executive part of your life, which I think, you know, I did the same thing. I had really good discipline. I showed up to work all the time. I had, I was wanting, because that's where I got a lot of praise was at work. And like you said, you were faking it but you didn't feel, but everybody was asking you, why, how are you so confident? So what, what were the nuances that you saw that were different from someone who was authentically confident versus someone who was faking the confidence? Yeah. So I'll add to, you know, what you said is dead on. My dad worked his face off. So he wasn't around very much and he did it out of love. There wasn't, he wasn't an absentee father. He was out working multiple jobs, trying to create a life for his family. But because of that, I didn't learn Spanish. And so I couldn't say things the right way. And people would tease me or the kind of perception that I thought I was better than or too good. And it it really messed with my head a lot. So I think what that amounted to in adulthood is I spent a lot of time trying to prove myself. And that 
paid off professionally. You know, I, I did the work. I did the long hours. I went above and beyond. I took on all the projects and all the tasks and I, I performed. Ultimately, you definitely got from your dad because yes. if he was willing to like shine shoes at a young age. You're like, well, if my dad can do it, I'm going to do it and I'm going to work my tail off. So I think that he gave you some really great, you know, habits and showed you like how to be a good worker, which paid off. Absolutely. I will say though, for so many of us, our greatest strengths can also over rotate and become our greatest weaknesses. And and that happened for me is I did show up. I did learn the value of hard work and nothing was too, you know, small for me to do. And I am so grateful to my family for that lesson, but I took it too far and it became performance. Everything I did was to prove myself to somebody else or to something else. And I wasn't doing it from a healthy place anymore. And it was showing up in all aspects of my life. When I was dating somebody, I was trying to prove how attractive I was or how great I was. And it was a performance. It wasn't me showing up as my authentic self. And and anytime anything didn't work out, I made it because I wasn't enough or I wasn't good enough or, you know, something. Yeah. Um, Like a specific moment in your life where you were like, okay, this is not working. And I, I need to figure out how to make it work, how to be authentically confident. Yeah. So I I was in my house that I had bought. uh, I bought my first house when I was 26. So financially doing really well. Like I said, everything looked good on, on the outside. I remember one weekend I was home. I had nothing to do because my whole life was my work and I'd kind of done all of that. And it was uh, Saturday night, I was home alone, nothing to do, watching back-to-back TV, drinking wine. And I realized, man, if something happened to me now, I didn't, I thought about what would happen if I committed suicide. I didn't think about committing suicide and quite go that far. But I was like, nobody would notice. Nobody would, it wouldn't even like until Monday morning. Mm. My whole value as a human was around Monday morning, right? Showing up to work and getting things done and doing for others. And I had, you know, been in love with this one guy who didn't love me back for eight years and wasted so much time. And I just was like, I can't live like this anymore. It is mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausting Mm. to keep up this performance for everybody else. When I know that behind the curtain, I'm a hot mess. It's not, you know, the way it appears to be. And I wanted to care more about how things actually were than how things looked. That Mm. was, I can remember that change in my brain of like, I've spent all this time making things look good and how they are miserable. Yeah. How about if I spent a lot of energy trying to make them actually be good and less time worrying about how it looks? Yeah. So what was your beginning step? I actually enrolled in a transformational training boyfriend that I was dating at the time. Not a, he, he was not a bad human, but not a good boyfriend for me. But the <laughs> one great thing that came out of the relationship was he introduced me to this transformational training work that I did and changed the trajectory of my life. It, it was a, a lot about ownership and responsibility and about how I'd been living my life as a victim, which I did not realize because I was playing the role of being strong and powerful and, you know, this you know, badass woman, if you will. And it was the starting point of a new journey for me and coincided with the awareness 
research testing out of all things confidence that happened at, at the same time. Yeah, that's amazing. It's crazy because we all have that moment where we're just like, this isn't working for me. I love how you said earlier, you know, I was dating all the wrong guys. I was, you know, buying all this clothes, spending crazy amount of money on things that I shouldn't. And these are all like red flags. I always talk to my clients about like, we have to have our mind and our heart aligned. And when our mind and our heart isn't aligned and your heart knows what to do. One of my favorite books is The Alchemist. And I love one of the quotes is you need to let go of fear so that you can listen to your heart because your heart knows what to do. And some of the times our mind is going a million miles an hour and it's not listening to the heart. We're not aligned. And so we are reaching out for things to get ourselves like feeling like we're good enough. So we reach for either food or shopping or alcohol or drugs or men. And we get addicted to all these things because they're covering up the feeling of like com being completely out of sorts. And like you said, behind the curtain, everything looks great out front, but behind the curtain, you are running around in circles like, I don't get this. How, why am I still feeling this way? And I think a lot of people don't understand that even though you have the house and you have the career and you have the money, you may have like a closet full of shoes. If you are not in alignment with your soul's calling, then you're going to hit this place where you're just like, I have to figure it out. And I love that you were like, okay, how do I do this? And the great thing is that that one ex-boyfriend had that transformational course. So that yeah. was great. So, well, so the universe provides when you provides are open. It. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in strange ways and from strange places, but it does provide. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. So what did you find out? Like, how did you change your life so that you could be more confident, authentically confident? So like if someone who is struggling with their confidence, what would be the thing that you would tell them? Yeah. So basically I've boiled this down into there are five things that universally build confidence. And, and, and I think it's important for all of us to know that confidence is a skill that can be developed somewhere. We got off track and we thought it was something we were either born with or without it. it we think of it like, you know, whether I'm short or tall and I can't do anything about it. No confidence is a skill that you can develop anytime you want kind of more like a muscle, right? So no matter where you're at with your current level of confidence, we all have the opportunity to grow it, to build it. And I think that that's phenomenal news. It certainly was to me feeling like I was kind of at that rock bottom moment. So in all of my discovery about confidence, I, I've narrowed down five, what I call confidence builders, mm -hmm. but also five confidence derailers. These are things that chip away and do damage to our confidence. And if we're not aware of them, we can spend all this time building and put all this effort in and end up feeling like we're on this confidence hamster wheel where we're doing a ton of work, but not getting anywhere. If we're not mindful of what these derailers are, that what are these things that are chipping away at our confidence? And I will add, there are more than these five builders and more than these five derailers but I honed in on these because they are particularly impactful to women and maybe even more impactful to professional working women mm. because we have a lot of commonalities. I've, I've had the opportunity to coach hundreds of women at this point in, in the work that I do. 
And it is amazing how much more alike we are than different. Oh, yeah. I've noticed that too. Of coaching and listening to people's journeys, it, we are so much alike and we all have struggle with the same things. So that's amazing. So as we wrap up this episode, Nicole, what would be your nugget of wisdom for anyone who's listening right now? Yeah. So I'll give you one of the builders and one of the derailers, and that would be my nugget. So the the number one confidence builder is action. We don't hope our way into confidence. We don't think our way into confidence. We don't research our way into confidence. We act our way into confidence. So little risks built up over time, build build big confidence. If you're thinking about it, like how do I build my confidence? The answer is the same is how do I climb out Everest mm. one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, you've got to get into action. So the number one confidence builder is action. So there's that. And then the biggest confidence derailer, and probably the, I call it the confidence con, the lie that we've all been told that we've, unfortunately, a lot of us have bought into is that the way we'll build confidence is through some external source. So I'll give you an example. I will feel confident when I meet the man of my dreams. Mm. It's this sort of false formula of if X happens, then I'll feel confident. If I lose weight, then I'll feel confident. If I fit into a certain size, then I'll feel confident. If I make a certain income or get that promotion or have perfectly behaved kids or, you know, meet the person of my dreams at that point, I'll feel confident. We are operating as if our confidence is out there somewhere. Someone or something has it and is waiting to give it to us. And that is absolutely unequivocally false. Confidence is not built from the outside in. It's built the opposite from the inside out. And if we spend and waste a ton of energy trying to get confidence from those external sources, we end up creating that habitual cycle pattern. And it looks you know, like, okay, I got the promotion. I'm super excited for 24 to 48 hours. And then I start freaking out about whether or not I can do the job or whether or not people will like me or whether or not people made a mistake or was I the diversity hire, blah, blah, blah. And then I go and I, and I do my work and in my brain, I go, well, with the next promotion, when the next promotion happens, then I'll feel confident. And we end up in this cycle that we can't get out of when we approach confidence building the wrong way from the outside in our opportunities to build it from the inside out. And there are lots of ways that we can do this. Some I know, Paola, you're really passionate about, but changing our self-talk, the things that we say to ourselves is a big way to keeping and communicating boundaries, keeping our word, practicing self-care. There are a ton of things that we can do to build confidence internally. And that's so, so, so important. But I want to make sure anybody listening really connects to the fact that your confidence isn't out there. Mm. It, nobody has it. Nobody's waiting to give it to you. Oh, um, love that. Honestly, like if you're listening to this, if you even change the word confidence out and you love, joy, you know, happiness, everything, trust. worthiness, it's not out there. It's in within you. And it's, it's your job to discover it. And, you know, there's, beautiful souls like Nicole out there willing to help you show you the way because sometimes it's hard like it's easy for us to sit here and say all you have to do is a b and c but I know Nicole didn't just go to one transformational thing and then all of a sudden she was confident and it was it's a journey and it's a continuous journey I tell my clients like I still have times where I lose it and have anxiety and panic like it's a daily thing we have to work on on our it's not like a light switch. You just turn it on and you're just automatically like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's a, I, I always say it's not like you plant a flag and you're done, right? <laughs> confidence is ongoing forever journey work. So I agree uh, completely. Uh, all right. So how can my audience find you? Yes. The best way is my website, NicoleKhalil.com. I'm also on Instagram, Nicole M. Khalil. I mostly show up in stories and mostly to try to get a laugh. (laughs) I just feel like (laughs) life is too serious. So stories can make things really fun. But my website is the best place to go to find just everything. And she also has a podcast. It's called This Is Women's Work, and I'm going to be a guest on it. So make sure you find her podcast. It's on all wherever you find podcasts. And she also has a course online. What's the name of your course? It's called This Is Confidence, and you can take it as a self-paced or do it with friends. Um, I've had a lot of women do it that way where they'll kind of like a book club, go through the course together. I also have a facilitated option where I will take a group of women through the course but it ultimately goes through these five derailers and these five builders, reconnects you to what confidence actually is, and ultimately begins the journey, begins the work of trusting ourselves again, because that's what confidence is all about. Awesome. And you'll find all the links in the show notes. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, The Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.